It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I'm your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, first off, per usual, I have Cheddar Talk Aaron Flottam with us today. Well, we haven't been on the usual lately here. We're kind of no. an on an off-drill schedule right now. We're uh, hit or miss, week off, week on, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Mondays. Who cares? Let's do it. Hey, it's good to see you, John, <laughs> and I see that there is a there is a third window pane. Uh, is that friend of the show, Pete? It is. It's friend, of, it's friend of the show, Pete. Here I am. Excited to join <laughs> you, uh, you fellas, again uh, to talk uh, talk sports. The greatest nickname ever, just friend of the show, Pete. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start off. With, we'll we'll all go through our our Twitter stuff. I'll start with the show itself is uh, at the at Scotty Johnny Pod, uh, and you can find me at Not So Humble Host. And uh, we'll go Aaron, and then you know you can pass it on to Pete when you're done. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm at Cheddar Talk, John. That's where you can find me. Um, now that uh, it's we're in the doldrums of uh, sports, uh, a little bit of OTA action coming yeah. from the NFL because they never really go away. And uh, uh, I don't care about basketball anymore until next. When do the playoffs start next year, Pete? <laughs> uh, it, it'll it'll be uh, on the regular schedule again, so we won't okay. be in the divi- in uh, conference semis at this time like we were last year. Ah, uh, okay. So that's about the time I'll start caring about basketball again, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, with baseball out of the way, yeah, uh, my Twitter has reverted back to a cesspool, so have fun. <laughs> All right, Pete, where people find you? Anyone can find me at Coach Budface on Twitter. Uh, I'll be still throwing around some Bucks propaganda for at least the next couple weeks uh, as the finals carry on. Excellent, excellent. Ooh, trying to think of things we could say before we actually kind of did a show, but because there's not as much to say, but let's just. We'll get into this. I'm going to do the weird things at the end. Josh gave me a question. Remind me about that if I if I okay, slip Josh, off. But... I'm going to write that down on my on my post-it note. We do, I have a running post-it note. Josh asked a question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, since we have that, we're going to get rolling right into it because what we're going to do today is our normal thing, which we took a week, you know a couple of weeks to get to this. We're coming at you a day later than normal because uh, Aaron and I just had stuff in our lives yesterday, so we're we're a day late. But uh, we are here, and what we want to do now is we're going to do our our Requiem for a Buck season, so we're going to start off and put all of that into the segment that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, and I'm going to apologize, too, as we go through. I've got... um, I've had some little drainage here with uh, allergies, so my throat is coming a little. Well, it's making my voice a little deeper. It's a little scratchier. Uh, I'm gonna be. It sounds sounds good, man. Yeah. You do some. You want to do some jazz later? <laughs> Maybe some Barry White karaoke. Yeah. That'd be great. My John. darling, ladies and gentlemen, John, John, doing. Can't get enough of your love, baby. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, for all the kids out there, you know, big Barry White fans in your twenties. The walrus of love. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try to talk through kind of, I guess, the first thing I think we need to all say is, was this season a disappointment? Um, and I, I guess I want to start with Pete. Was this season a disappointment? The Bucks are at a point right now where every year when you don't come back with Larry O'Brien, I would say the season was a disappointment because that's where this, that's what we're looking for. You know, it's we're not eighth seater bust like we were about a decade ago, uh, <laughs> or less than a decade ago, really. Uh, when yeah. you look at you know Giannis where he's at, but yeah, I mean th- this season it, it was a disappointment. You know, no, nobody finished the season happy. We weren't high fiving. Hey, that was a great run going to the Eastern Conference Finals. It it was a disappointment. We we didn't get where we wanted to go at, as a as a state uh, as a city and. Now we're uh, we're on the outside looking in, and we want to be back at that same point next year where the goal is to finish with the championship. So, yeah, it was. I would say it's a disappointing season. How, where do you sit on it? I, I was I was almost thinking that you would go the other way, 
just just you know as somebody who is into basketball and really loves this team so much i i didn't know if you would go apologist about this so i'm interested to hear that my thought is yeah um with this team as it is i think not making if we'd made the actual you know the nba finals i think that that would be a successful season at least um but anything short of that is a failure i think losing in the finals is one thing but with this team and who they are they didn't even make the Eastern Conference Finals. They also in the second round, right? Like that's, and kind of convincingly in that last game. Like they were not in that last game. So yeah, well, no, I think so too. I guess that that's my big feeling is this team didn't do what it could do, and it wasn't close to where a successful season should be. Agree, uh, Aaron. Where do you sit on it? I've got some thoughts, gentlemen. Excellent. Imagine um, this it. team is not the Timberwolves. If this would have been the Timberwolves season, this would have been a <laughs> massive success. The 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 worst franchise in North American history, um, who has like a two fifty winning percentage all time. Yeah, this would be great if this and this even like four years ago for the Bucks, this would have been a good run. Like up against Celtics, Game Seven, blah blah blah. Talk about the way out. Um, I, I'm I'm almost I'm I'm in between the both of you like uh, taking home to Larry O'Brien. Yes. That should be the expectation losing to a hot uh, warriors team in the finals. Like say Steph gets hot played like how they did in game two and how they kind of had through the playoffs. You bow it to the warriors and some really good, like hall of famers, you know, there's at least two on that team plus pool and Wiggins coming mm-hmm. out of nowhere. They're playing like clay and uh, uh, clay and Steph jr. Um, that, that bit in the early playoffs when Steph was coming off the bench, that that's one of the best trolls ever. Like pool was starting and, uh, Curry was coming <laughs> off the bench. Um, you lose to them in the finals. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I really feel like, and, and this will lead into something Pete wanted to talk about too, but like having Chris Middleton gone and the way he owns the Celtics and, that Celtic series was garbage. The Bucks look like garbage. It was a bad out. I feel I know what the Heat feel like last year now, like expecting their team to do more. And not only that, but it robbed us of an NBA Finals of Bucks versus Warriors, which would have been an amazing, just an absolutely amazing uh, matchup. I mean, who matches up against Steph Curry? Nobody. N- nobody does. Steph no. Curry is an all-timer. There's nobody on the Boston Celtics that's an all-timer. Giannis is an all-timer. Then you match up Clay against Chris. You match up uh, um, um, Draymond Green against Drew on defense. Ooh. You got some other people on the side, you know, coming in. Uh, it would have been a fun series. The Bucks might have gotten smoked, to be perfectly honest. I can't believe the Celtics won game one. But I, I'm just saying, but, like, I mean, the way that they're playing, like, just the depth of – I saw your reaction, Pete. Sorry, I know you. <laughs> well, well I, I don't think they would have been smoked, uh, you know, right. number one in the series. In fact, when you look at being smoked, you know, I think we could argue, right? And, and I'm looking at where the teams are today. Let's do the it. The grueling schedule that, that they played over the last right. couple weeks, right? I would say if the, if Chris Middleton's back and healthy – and here's a hot take, right? Do it. I bet you – it would be a game if you took the team of the healthiest and best players between both the Celtics and the Warriors at this point, and you put them against the healthy Bucks who've had two weeks off with a healthy Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, because at a certain point, right, you can only have so many, you can have five guys on the floor at one time. And I would say the Bucks, you know, quality five versus who's ever out there would be a heck of a matchup uh, at, at this point. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I used before is, you know, if you look at the Bucks, Middleton's healthy now. It's almost like you ran with like you and three friends and one other guy at the park in the morning. You got on the court right away. You're waiting for your really good friend who's a great player to be out there. And he shows up. Hey, guys, I'm here. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm ready to play. Dude, these, <laughs> these terrible teams are out there. And we're not going to see the court for four more hours because of you. And, well, that's uh, kind of the situation that the Bucks and us as fans are in now. Probably the best team in the NBA, healthy. Is sitting on the sideline as we're watching the Warriors and Celtics go at it. Right. So and so and so I did get I did get a little out of context and into a little hyperbole there, but uh, I just meant like in general, like if 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 they would have gotten to a finals against the Warriors, you're you're right. It probably they probably wouldn't have gotten smoked. They didn't even get smoked until the end of the Celtics series when you could just see their their heart just like 
stop. Like that, you could just tell it was done. Like they they had been stretched too thin. Um, but yes, it would have probably been closer. But I mean, even so, like you lose to the Warriors because they get hot and they're draining threes from half court and passing the ball the way they do and Draymond being Draymond and getting in everyone's heads. Like you lose to the you lose to the Warriors in the finals. That's a thing. But I mean, bowing out in the the second round man that's that's a tough pill to swallow and i'm sure that's a tough pill for giannis to swallow yeah. and that's a tough pill for that whole team to swallow and uh i mean let's talk of brooke coming back the window all that stuff like that as long as you got giannis you got a big window to work with but um yeah it really feels like this season kind of slipped by um a little unannounced at the end there so and, and I originally had this uh, on my calendar for, you know, the, you know, do the coverage at the end of the season about two weeks after this point. And I thought we'd be talking about uh, the finals coming back to Milwaukee uh, as they will be going back to Boston. But here's where we are. It's, it, you know, it's a crazy set of circumstances. And we, we can get into that talk of, well, are, are these reasons or excuses? Uh, number one, this is not bowing out in the second round like the Bucks did to the Heat two years ago. This yeah. is a different thing. Uh, yeah. We didn't have Middleton, an all-star, who, again, was a 20-point-a-game scorer this year. Uh, we didn't have him. Uh, Celtics fans like to think that he wouldn't have made a difference in the series, but well, they are wrong. Yeah, they are wrong. That <laughs> yeah. is 100%. Absolutely, wrong. yeah. I, I, say, I say bowed. I didn't mean bowed like the way you're meaning bowed. I should really check how I use my words because words have meaning. So, Yeah, it's, it's a different type of loss. Um, this one was... It was, it was less hard because, yeah, they went seven. They had all the injuries. Um, just the biggest one was game six. The Bucks had everything right in front of them that they could have done. They were the better team, even without Middleton. And having the home crowd and everything going for them, it didn't, you know, just when that didn't hit, that was it. That was the end of it. It just, right. it just was. Um, the one thing, I guess, Nobody's talked about, and I don't know that it's actually a big thing. I just want to hit it and get out of here because, you know, move on, not get out of here, but move on from this one. But um, there's the, the slight pitch in me that does say things like, um, remember when the Bucks decided that the two seed didn't matter and that playing game seven on the road is fine in the second round because they rested everybody in the last game of the season while the Celtics were trying to win? <clears throat> I guess... I don't really think it matters because, again, game six, they had it. They had every mm-hmm. opportunity they had there. I, it, I don't think it really mattered. I just think it bears just hashing out the question. I mean, should they have maybe played that and at least had the opportunity to have the last game be in Milwaukee? Anyway, the the way thought- I look at it, the Bucks rattled off the wins against Chicago, Boston, and Detroit in that previous week. Uh, going into the game where they ended up losing to uh, Cleveland when Sandro was our leading scorer. Uh, so, yes, nobody played that Ooh. final game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh oh, but, nice. but but that is the way that, that it, they, they shook it out that way. And I think at that point they said, hey, if we somehow pull something out against the ro- on the road there, but we're comfortable where we're at. And that was actually a busy week, though. They went back-to-back. Uh they had a game uh, Tuesday and then played Thursday, Friday, and then had a Sunday game. So I think at that point they were like, well, whatever it is going to be. I don't think they were trying to duck um, the Nets, certainly. And the oh, Celtics no. obviously you know, put no. them to work. But at that point it was just a level of, hey, we're, we're the defending champs. Where we sit is where we sit. And if I remember correctly, uh, the Bucks played that game not knowing what Boston was going to do. And they were fine with where they were sitting. And I think that's the type of confidence that a team has that's coming off of a championship. Yeah, and they did it last year. I mean, they played game seven on the road last year. I mean, and then they had to go, you know, finish there. They didn't They didn't win the division in the regular season, or they won the division regular season, but they were the three seed last year too. So mm-hmm. I don't... Well, and the Bucks, yeah. and the Bucks have proven to be a, 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 a decent road team in the playoffs. And I know we're all friends of um, Malcolm Gladwell here, but the, the going back <laughs> and looking at the end of the season with some revisionist history is a, a little bit... I remember we talked about this as it was happening, and it was like, who cares? Like, we were trying to decide if it was actually going to make a difference because... We even thought like we we don't want to run into because if they would have been one, they wouldn't ran into the Nets or the Celtics until 
the finals, right? That that would have been, and it was like, who cares? You're gonna have to get through them anyways. Like whoever beats up yeah. on whoever, and the and the Bucks are the best team in the East. That was mm-hmm. the whole thing. It was like it doesn't matter where they land. The the Golden going back to the Golden State Warriors, they proved that back in what was that 2017 when they were 71 and nine, um, or 70, 73, 70, 72 and nine, and they ended mm-hmm. up losing in the finals anyway. So it really doesn't matter you know, how good you are during the regular season. You got to just get into the playoffs, preferably the top half, and then just beat the teams you're supposed to beat because you're going to have to beat a tough team at the end anyways. And even last year, the Bucks didn't have to play the toughest team in the finals. They had to play the Hawks, who, <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. I mean, let's, let's, some more revisionist history right there. Like, <laughs> what were they doing in the finals last year? Like, I mean, they, they were, they were lightning in a bottle, which lightning in a bottle doesn't happen that often in the NBA because seven game series take care of that. Lightning in a bottle can happen in a one game playoff like the NFL has or March Madness, but lightning in a bottle is not supposed to be able to survive a seven game series. And the Hawks somehow did that through two of them. But anyways, I, I digress. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I really don't care that that, that happened at the end of the season. Uh, I, I, I really don't. It, it, well, good. We're all the agreed. Bucks, the Bucks should have, <laughs> Bucks should have wanted it through the whole way. Anyways, they're the best team going into the playoffs. Everyone knew it. Um, and yeah, Boston just wore them down that they, oh. they really beat them up. And to Boston's credit, Boston played Boston played Milwaukee's game against them and really mm. kind of made them made them really have wow. to work for it. And they didn't have the horses to work for it. Well, when, miss, kind of- when, when you're missing the number two piece and three has to be two, four has to be three, five has to be four, and some bench guy has to be five, you know, that, that really works against it. And you could say, well, Tatum missed some time, Smart missed some time. Yeah, it did. But and and not only that, but Horford's playing out of his gd mind like (laughs) l horford's playing like a hall of fame like it's like where's this guy been like we all know l horford's good l horford's always been a solid player but who's this guy like what where is he coming from he's skinny shack what's (laughs) crazy about horford at this time right and and he's played out of his mind in the lat in the series against the bucks as well uh the way that his career worked out, you know, leaving Boston, spending a little bit of time in Philly, that didn't quite work out, gets moved on to Oklahoma City where he pretty much takes Pete, a year Pete, off. Pete, before you go any further, nothing ever works out in Philly. <laughs> yes, this is true. Nothing. Uh, but, yeah, he, I mean, he comes back, you know, after a year off in Oklahoma City, comes back to Boston and he's ready to roll. But, Can you know, you- as, it, we talk about the um, the Bucks at the end of the season, but one of the weird things about this whole season, do you guys remember when they hit 500? Like, you know, solidly and didn't look back. Oh, yeah, I mean, like it started off rough, obviously, but yeah, no, they yeah. they hit. It that was a point. month. It was a month in. It, it was a we, month in. It we was, had a uh, very long talk about like exactly when do we worry? We're not worried yet, but should we be getting there? <laughs> well, when we we touched on it a little bit during this podcast, but uh, me and Pete talked about this at work. Is it is it any surprise that the Bucks and the Suns both bowed out in the second? Or sorry, sorry, I'm not using that word anymore. Bucks and the Suns both lost in the second round because they were probably gassed. The Suns looked as gassed as the Bucks did in their series too. Like they played later than anybody's ever played in a basketball season, then had to turn around and start a whole season on time. So yeah, and so it's, it affected the beginning of the season. It probably affected the end of the season too. Right, right, and. And as I look at the Bucks, they hit. Um, they didn't hit 500, and you know the point where they didn't look back was around November 19th and 20th of this year. Of this year, where they were going back and forth, and then at that point, you know they rattled off a bunch of wins and kind of kept that cushion. But yeah, both those teams, like you said, Aaron. I mean, they hit the Olympics right after the championship. You know, they yeah, got Booker up. played in the Olympics too. You said right? Yeah, yeah. Booker was in the Olympics. I mean, yep. they all caught their plane. It was uh, Holiday, Middleton, and. Uh, and Booker, they caught their play and hit the Olympics and had the shortest offseason, which what's crazy today is I think today is actually the one-year anniversary of Game 7 in, uh, in Brooklyn when uh, the toe was on the line. So we're looking at such a condensed schedule on the way things shook out. Uh, you know, Like I said before, this wasn't the bow-out to the heat in the bubble. This was uh, a set of circumstances that didn't work out. Nonetheless, uh, a disappointment, but you know, it's just a state of affairs and where we're sitting right now. Okay, so the next thing I want to do actually hinges off something that Aaron just said to us, which was uh, that 
you know, the Bucks got beat by Boston doing the Bucks thing to them. I, I, I disagree to the extent of this. How much should the Bucks start flopping is kind of a question <laughs> that I've brought up on Twitter because just you know, I have a minor in economics, and as an economic concept, if the incentive is to flop, why are you not doing it? You are going right. against the incentive structure. The NBA rewards flopping. And the Bucks are doing it. They're refusing to do it out of some sort of personal. Um, and they're not the only team doing it. They're not the only team refusing to flop or trying to not flop. Um, they're they're out there in that. And it's that that kind of honor culture of the NBA where they're like, this is not how you play. This is not how you play. That's cheap. The NBA was rewarding it. Why are you not flopping at this point? Because it, it is the winning strategy. I mean, it's cheap and stupid, but you should do it kind of like, hey, Seattle holds on every single play on defense. Yes. Well, it works. It <laughs> works. You're not going to call it every time. Yeah. So at some point you say, well, we should hold every time because the NFL is not going to call it every time. And it works. And you know, so Pete, you responded to me, you know, Coach Bud Face and all that. Should the Bucks flop more? <laughs> I think we need a designated flopper is where I would say the Bucks should look next year in, in the buyout market. Look for a guy that has a little bit of clout within the league who's going to not mind flopping on the floor and Gary Payton. Make, making a spy. Yeah. <laughs> not junior, Gary Payton, the yeah. retired guy. We, we the need to find Gary a guy Payton. who's going to be a spectacle the whole time and, and be that loud face. Uh, unfortunately, the clout is not at that level with Wes Matthews. Uh, well, if he tries, you, he doesn't get the call every time. You know, no, find no. some sort of vet that's going to come on there that can be the flopper, that can be in the ref's ear. Hey, this happened, this happened, this happened. And that, that was actually one thing that we missed was a person like P.J. Tucker who was able to, you know, mug people the whole way back and forth and was able to get calls his way versus the way Wes Matthews didn't against Boston. So, yes, designated yeah. flopper for next year. <laughs> You pull this for Marcus Smart. It got him Defensive Player of the Year, and he really just just fall over at nothing. What um, was that? What was know. that bit that I played on Twitter, Pete, with uh, Marcus yeah. Smart getting sent through the multiverse? I can't even think <laughs> of the song. Somebody had that hot off the press. Not even five minutes after the game was done. I it wish I could. Give, I'm not going to go that far back on my Twitter, but that was brilliant. Yeah, we were playing the music last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Marcus Smart definitely uh, was fodder for uh, for many people during that last uh, playoff series. You know, whether it was the fake uh, you know foul that Giannis had against him in Game Seven at the end of the half, it was uh, it was quite the spectacle that he had uh, created. There was also the one where Tatum um, shoot was it Game Six? Um, he the ball is stolen cleanly from him, no foul. He's not hit on the arm or anything. Ball stolen cleanly. In reaching back for he just kind of falls over on his own and then continues to lie on the floor, watches for a little bit, and then puts his arm, his head down, and then reaches for his shoulder as if he's been thrown and defeated. He even went back to the locker room. He is untouched. He doesn't fall from height. He kind of tripped a little bit, but he kind of rolled to his shoulder and then grabs his shoulder like he's injured. There was nothing. There was nothing. He played the next day. He came back on the court that floor or on the court that night. It was a ridiculous thing. Like he pretended all the way to the point that he left the floor. Right. It was amazing. Go back and watch that. He has a complete non-touch kind of slow slide to the floor and acted like he'd been murdered and, and sat there while the bucks went down there five on four against his own team to play it out. Mm -hmm. It was incredibly. And, and you, you know, happened. Giannis actually had a similar time where he had gotten hit. He had actually gotten hit. And it was uh, during the first half of the game, I think it was in game four, where he ended up getting tagged with a uh, delay of game uh, because oh, yeah. you know, the, play, the play had gone on. And he was like, hey, I'm trying to show that I got hit. But at the same time, you know, the, the refs just aren't you know, giving uh, the Bucks the same respect that you normally would see from a, uh, a reigning championship team. Yeah, no. Well, they, they needed Boston like or LA back because Phoenix, Milwaukee was terrible for the ratings last year, which it wasn't. But <laughs> no, you know, wasn't. we needed Boston. We needed Boston or LA back, and since uh, 
since we can't get the Nets to figure it out and the, the Knicks are just terrible. <laughs> if it wasn't Phoenix last year, we would have never been able to call it the Valley Oop, though. I mean, I think that was a, the, yeah. the big takeaway. I mean, it's not the Valley Oop without yeah. that. Yeah, right. We have to come some weird other name. That one's so good, though. It's just great. Who did they beat? Who did they beat to get in the finals? I'm trying who to remember who the West Phoenix Phoenix oh, beat who to get um, to the finals. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Was it Utah? Jeez, I'd have to look that up. We'll right, come back I'm to on you. it. You guys <laughs> keep there. talking. I'll but, figure but, out. Yeah, as you look that up, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, before he came on too, is just as we look at the Buck season, right? It was a really weird season, uh, you know, as a whole. And I brought up the stat when we had talked before, or maybe it was on a podcast that never, you know, saw the light of day. But uh, 29 right. players logged time for the Bucks this year, which is an incredible amount. And, you know, I was clicking around other teams and like just, you know, on a small case study, that's a lot of players. Uh, 16 different starters, you know, within that time. And when you look at some of the personnel moves that define the season, uh, I'm I usually fall to be a in horse to be trust guy, but you know there, there are some moves that you know that I'll throw out for question, like letting uh, letting Boogie Cousins walk. I mean, w- was that the right move, or could we have used him against Boston? You know, as another big body. Uh, you know, that's one of the the top ones right. that I think Bucks fans will sit back and look at. Well, we picked up Serge Ibaka for insurance on Brooke Lopez, 34-year-old back uh, with a decade-plus in the NBA. But we didn't really get anything for that. Where we lost Dante, and we could have had another wing defender. Uh, right. Could, 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 it's Bo- a tough Bo- And Boogie could have done the same thing, basically, right? Oh, he, yeah. He could, yeah, he, he could. I think he could have uh, taken minutes. You know, when, when, he was in the, when he was in the Bucks rotation, right. you know, it was questionable whether he get played off the floor defensively. But then when it became a matchup of bigs and it slowed down in the playoffs, you know, I'd say that he uh, he could have probably made a difference at that point. And he was logging minutes for Denver, which, you know, inevitably they lose because their MVP is not an MVP like ours is. But uh, that's the way the chips fell. And because I, I mean, I mean, even when Brooke was even when Brooke was laboring, he wasn't removed for Serge Ibaka. I don't remember seeing Serge in the playoffs at all, did he? I mean, I'm no. sure he logged a couple minutes here and there in some of that junk time at the end when everybody got on the court. But, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, I, I've thought about that. Like, I don't know how much we would have needed Dante, but it sure would have helped when Chris went down to have him in because he would have been like a three, three and a half, you know, like on the scale of people to put in. You know, not, you know, as far as who's the best player on the team. Ah, no, probably like four and a half. But either way, it, it, it knocks down like how many people have to bump up and play against a number two, three, four. Um, and and DeMarcus Cousins could have probably done the same that Serge would have done. I really, yes, I, I, I question that with you. I really do. That I, I, I don't think that that was a worthwhile trade since we had DeMarcus Cousins on the team and all we did was get a younger. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's young. If he if he's younger, as I was saying that, that's why I was, I was correcting yeah, he, myself in my head. I was like, he, he's is not as younger good. than Demarcus Cousins. I, I would say he's not as good. Uh, yeah. You know, as a whole, right? I mean, he's a little less suspect when it comes to injuries. He doesn't have the Achilles behind him. But I mean, at, at the time, you have to make decisions with the information that's in front of you. What was the prognosis with Lopez at that time? Did we have an idea that he could come back and lead the Bucks and score in, in a playoff game? I don't know if they had that confidence, and they, you know, went the insurance route, uh, which you know that could, you know, be a difference maker having another person on a wing and having uh, Boogie Cousins in the last series. Well, but, and, and and the insurance and the insurance was for defense, and the problem is we didn't need defense down the stretch. We were really lacking offense down. The Bucks were lacking offense down. The completely stretch. lacking offense. So down I the mean, that's something that he could have brought instead of. Surge, which I mean, okay, so I'll shut up now. Anyway, I'll go back to this. By the way, they beat the Clippers. The Suns beat the Clippers. Okay. So go. no, there's right. there there couldn't have been anything to really re, uh, replace the Valley Oop. It would have still been the um, Staple Loop. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. So and and yes, last year during the playoffs, that was a uh, that was a matchup of two versus three with the Suns and the Bucks. So. Uh, Utah got knocked out in the first round by the Grizzlies, and 
the 76ers got knocked out by the Hawks. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. So right. that's why they probably weren't worried about getting knocked out by a number one because the year before it was not a thing. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking ahead now, trying to, to you know, get our feel on the, the 2022-23 season. Um, several free agents on this team. The biggest one, of course, is Lindell Wigington. Not just Jones. <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> nice. I guess this one leads me into because I'm, I almost forget Ooh. that this uh, Javon Carter is a non-bird rights uh, free unrestricted free agent next year. Hey, why exactly does Bud hate Javon Carter? Yeah, just like he hates <laughs> uh, uh, Jordan Noara, right? Jordan so, Noara also <laughs> a restricted <laughs> free agent. I, I should talk to people that I know that are like closer to the team uh, because one of the, I don't know like what George Hill caught bud doing at some point in the practice facility that all of a sudden george hill was able to like log this crazy amount of minutes over javon carter uh who was incredible at the beginning of the season or i'm sorry at the beginning of the the celtic series but whatever type of dirt wesley matthews and uh george hill have on coach bud it's pretty it's it's a lot because uh, the, the way that those you know veterans we're able to just push Carter out of the lineup is crazy, but yeah. it, you know, as a whole, and yeah. you know, John, as you talked about, you know, where are we going in the future? I, I look at the team, and you know, Drew Holiday had a better season statistically than the last year, probably more consistent. You know, Chris Middleton, I mean, not a big surprise. You know, put up pretty much similar stats as he did the year before. Uh, you have Grayson Allen. I mean, what a pickup that was, and yeah. we have him for next year. He right. came and improved, and fewer that he could kicks be solid. To nuts. Fewer kicks to the to the, the manhood than than I expected. Um, <laughs> but, but he pissed off the entire Chicago fan base, which and that's is fun. All I really give him that. About. He disappeared. I guess that was Boston. his Super Bowl. That was his uh, coup de gras. That was yeah. everything. Right, just completely but, pissed. Chicago was so mad at. A bench player. It was <laughs> they, unbelievable. He should have paid so good for just a minute. He should have paid full was, price to, to sit and watch Brett that Boston Favre series. Bart Star. But certainly, I mean, he showed that he could more than make up for the Divincenzo minutes. Uh, mm. He established himself as a starter, and there, and he wasn't looking back uh, for the majority of the year. Obviously, there were some some times in the playoffs where we, we wish he'd get some you know time on the bench, but. The way it played out, Pat Connaughton, you know, again, looking forward, uh, he's a restricted free agent. I think yeah. he has hopes of coming back. But, you know, if you look at, you know, his numbers from this year, he uh, increased his starts, his career starts prior into, for his whole career was 16. He uh, increased that by three up to 19. Uh, he had uh, added three more minutes a game to go along with three more points a game to be just, uh, I think it was like 9.9 points a game this year where he's right at the cusp of 10. Uh, Jordan yeah. Nora, as Aaron brought up, uh, kind of an enigma, very much an enigma, I'd say. Uh, yeah. Average eight points a game when we saw him, but he's one of these guys who had dropped 28 and then have a couple boneheaded plays where you wouldn't see him uh, get back on defense or get burned on the other end, and then he'd miss two games. So it, like his average in eight points a game is like one 28, 16, 0. I mean, he, he had probably the strangest season, but he's also going into restricted free agency. And I'm wondering across the league what teams are seeing in him because one of my biggest fears is that he becomes like the next Tobias Harris where, where we have him. Uh, we see some promise. We know that he can get buckets. He has a way of being effective while he's on the floor. But uh, there's definitely a few cracks in his game that we'd like to see short up but how much can uh can we really invest in him and what do other teams see in him i think is the biggest question with uh with nora yeah and i'm looking so, at the so, list so, of free so, agents just so i can get these out here uh connington and portis and thanasis are all player option so they all have player options coming up for this year otherwise they're free agents uh wesley matthews is an unrestricted free agent uh, Serge Ibaka is unrestricted with early bird rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noara is restricted with the early bird rights as well. Late, late bird rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's the list. But yeah, we've got you know three player option guys, Connington and Portis. They want to come back. Can hey, hey be, be, before we go to that one, Sean, I want I want to get back to what Pete was saying about about uh, Noara and uh, um, 
Javon Carter. Yeah, yeah. It 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 feels like it feels like it's when you get to the airport and you've you've uh rented a a, a Nissan Sentra and you know that's that's what you're gonna drive because you don't care. You just you just need to get from the airport to your beach house. You don't care about you don't you know you're not worried about your size or anything like that. So you just get a Nissan Sentra. Um and then they say we're out of Nissan Sentras. We could give you a Toyota Corolla over here. Or we could give you this Mercedes-Benz, blah, 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 whatever sports car for the same price. And it's like Bud goes, hmm, I'll go with the Corolla because it's reliable. <laughs> it's it's going to get me there. Like, it's got good, it's got okay gas mileage. Or we got the sports car over here, and it's going to be fun. It's going to have a spark. We might crash. There might be some things that go on, but the Corolla isn't going to get us there either. You know, it's, you know, we've got all these, we've, <laughs> we've got an F we've got, we've got an F-18 in, in Giannis. We've got all this military grade stuff and we're going to go with the Corolla over the sports car because we know that's going to get to the beach house, <laughs> but we might not ever get to the beach house. All of that us here know get there faster, but we might crash on the way there. We got a it's podcast like, though, Aaron, you, full when, of people. When, when you're when you're stuck go in ahead. a hard place, when you're stuck in a hard place, why go with just the standby boring players that you know that aren't going to do that much when you've got these other guys over here that might actually do something? I mean, what what's a what's a little what's what's a, what's a little Ollie guy on the Celtics team like? It looks like he's from the movie Hoosiers. That's dropping threes. Pritchard, yeah, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton I, Pritchard, right? Like, I mean, that dude. Who's that guy? That dude turned the series around. Like, so, I mean, so that's... the difference between Ime Udoka and uh, and Bud is that Udoka trusts young players, and yeah. we know that Bud does not. Right? I mean, that's why as soon as Hill was somewhat healthy, he was yeah. just shoved back in the rotation, and uh, and we're paying him four million dollars next year. Right, which right. which is crazy. And Matthews, he was you know he was on the couch until December when uh, when when we made some roster cuts and we were able to bring him back. So although he's going into uh, he's a free agent, I don't see a lot of teams trying to pick him up. And I would say that he's going to come on to the Bucks as probably another vet minimum contract next year. Gian- Giannis would not be on the Bucks if Bud was their coach and Giannis was a rookie. Think about that. True. He he wouldn't have taken the, he wouldn't yeah. have the time or patience. He came in once Giannis was already established. The, the that's other, a great he, take. He, he came yeah. up he came up through everybody else, <laughs> and that's the problem is that he's he's got a he's got a superstar that came out of nowhere, a comet that was <laughs> not tracked by NASA. The hail bop and like holy smokes, there's a comet in the sky. I can't believe this, and that's and that's what he is. And he's like he's riding that coattail. In the meantime, going shoving all these other young kids down, and it's like. I'm sick of the George Hill show. I really am. <laughs> like I was probably the most disappointed person to see him come back. It's like, oh, great. So anyway. Well, it, and, and Johnny, in addition to the actual NBA free agents that, that you mentioned, uh, do you realize that going into next year, we're no longer paying uh, John Luer or Larry Sanders uh, for a total of uh, <laughs> over $4 million? Uh, John Luer collected them. a 3.1, and Larry Sanders collected uh, almost 1.9 last year from the Bucks. Nice. Well, good for them. I mean, yeah. in favor of this. That's good. Larry Sanders, a stand-up comedian from the 80s? Crazy. <laughs> Larry Sanders show. Yes. Nice. Yeah. All right. But how about uh, this? You thing? know, I'm oh, going go to mute my mic and let you guys have civilized conversation for like five minutes. I'm well, gonna... I wanted to say, I guess, too, going back to what you had mentioned, you are talking about all the military-grade stuff, and we got a full podcast of, of three men who know that Man, we don't want the military grade stuff. <laughs> it's all the worst. <laughs> Ford, Ford, Ford advertises their F one fifties made of military grade steel. It's like that's that's we know it goes to the lowest bidder. Yeah, that's like, lowest bidder mm-hmm. steel usually from China. But anyways, oh <laughs> uh, yes. Here's here's the fun part, the stupid part, basically. Looking at next year, and I've seen some of these articles, and they're so much fun. They're like, hey. Should the Bucks get Kyrie Irving, <laughs> James Harden, or Russell Westbrook in free agency? And you're like, no, just no. All um, the above. Let's do it. Let's just just blow it up. 
if you were well, looking it, for a position, is it point guard or center that you're most interested in trying to gravitate towards, I guess? If you're saying, you know, we could move. I mean, Drew brings the ball up, but he could play off at the shooting guard as well as anything. Um, and those would be kind of either putting a, sh- a, a different shooting guard, like Bradley Beal, most likely available, uh, or going straight up actual point guard and letting Drew run that, or, and then seeing what they can do at center if there's anyone there. I'm not saying we have to go get anybody in free agency. This team's great. But the other one everybody loves talking about is DeAndre Aiden. Um, he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, he's a, a bird free agent for, for that uh, sake, too. But uh, he's going to be there. And I love how he's listed right above Serge Ibaka in terms of, like, on sport track. Uh, they're both roughly the same sort of pay level they expect <laughs> from this year. Who would you want to? Is there anybody on the list? Zach Levine is an interesting also as a shooting guard. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent as well, uh, so that could be interesting. But is there any place that you really want to see some possible investment for trying to improve this team through free agency? I I think any opportunity for investment through free agency doesn't exist, right? I mean, when you look at the amount of salary that the Bucks have. Uh, caught up in you know who they have on contract now you know they're in with the on you know for almost you know 42 almost uh 38 with middleton and then another 32 plus million with drew holiday lopez is in the last year of his contract at almost 14 million they're eating up so much salary that any any moves that we make would almost have to be in the sign and trade type category because we could not get another high-level player. And the other one that you didn't mention was Damian Lillard. Everyone likes because you know oh, he had yeah. thrown it out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that he would love playing with Giannis. And yeah, who, who doesn't he I? have to be a trade? He's I don't think he's up this year, right? He, he would have he, he would have to be a trade. trade. Yeah, which but to clear up the space at the same time, the Bucks would yeah, have to yeah. move somebody in order to get that type of flex- flexibility. Uh, and you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot we can do. Uh, if we could, I mean, right, like I would love another wing defender. And I think that's like the team's overall, I won't say it's a hole, but it's definitely not an area where we have a lot of depth uh, because, you know, Portis, you know, is he's not one dimensional. He's improved his defense each year. He's been with Milwaukee, but uh, but his his game is on primarily on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, recent reports are showing, too, that he should be coming back which is exciting uh, because they have some flexibility with him. And I getting... stepped on my touchdown call, man. <laughs> so, of course, Pete, uh, I'd throw this out there for you. Uh, yeah. Bryn Forbes is going to be available. Uh, no, <laughs> no, God, no. God, no. I am not going to fight with Pete anymore about Bryn Forbes. Shooters do not shoot until they get back um, on when they don't make shots. I am a shooter in that case, then. DiVincenzo is a restricted free agent as well. I'm just trying to look way down the list of some fun names, see what else is down here. Well, what I was going to say, what I was going to say, the way I said Pete stepped on my touchdown call was because you're talking about all these free agents that are available. And just like a couple of years ago with the Packers, a whole bunch of people that were on the team were free agents. And it was like, oh, the Packers didn't go out and sign any free agents. They're like, they signed Aaron Jones and they signed mm-hmm. uh, Bakhtiari and all these other people. And they're like, Everyone's up in the arms. Oh, the Packers never signed any free agents. They're like the best free agents on the market were on our own team, and we signed them. And so, what I think about that with Bobby Portis, that's what you, that's why I said you just stepped on my touchdown call about Bobby Portis was that Bobby Portis might be the best free agent that they can bring back, and you don't have to train him. He's on the team. He's a fan favorite. He does get hot from time to time. I, I think he's a better fit here than on any other team. He buys into Giannis. Now, mind you, like he did play the playoffs with glasses on because his eye almost got gouged out too. Because his so eyes that's are another, huge. That's, that's, another, that's another injury that just goes under the radar. Like he, he, he wasn't playing free and easy. Like I got big eyes, so I understand the big eye problem. You know, not as much as Bobby does, but, you know, those things are like globes, you know. There's moons <laughs> rotating, <laughs> rotating around those eyeballs. But like... I mean, like he might be the biggest free agent that we can re-sign this offseason. Like you talk about everybody else, it's like we need to get Bobby back on the team because well, and that one's a luxury cap hit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the way that the NBA 
salary cap works is that we can pay him more than other teams can, uh, you know, based on his tenure with the team. It'll be somewhat of a luxury cap hit, but uh, at least, you know, we have an option at taking him, you know, around, you know, the 10 plus, you know, million a year option, which, you know, there's no way, you know, he was coming back, you know, for, uh, for four again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, four and a half yeah. when Kevin Love, who we had better numbers than, was making over 30 last year. Granted, he was He's at making the Aaron, Aaron Donald kind of money. <laughs> What's that? He's making Aaron, Aaron Donald money. I think so. He's <laughs> making Aaron Flotta money. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> too. I'm an E7. Living yeah. life. So wow. large. But I got Madison BAH, so it's okay. There um, you go. But you have to live doing there. all right. Um, but no, it's it's it's, it's I, I think I think that Bobby Bobby is probably a big pullback because and he's a fan favorite. We all thought he was going to be a flash in the pan, um, but I, he he he's it's like you said, Pete. He's 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 turning his game around. He's coming around, and like he's I don't think he's ever had structure. You can tell like no. he he he's, he hasn't had structure from AAU up until the Bucks, and the Bucks are a structured team, and you can tell like. Last year, that's why he played in spurts last year, and this year he was a little bit more reliable. And I think he could actually be a fairly decent player, like a, a good number four. Like, yeah, I mean, do you remember? I mean, so if you look at you know the type of redemption that he's kind of gone through in his still relatively young career, I think he's younger than Giannis. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he's had a tough road. I mean, he was at a point where you talk about his injury to his face. He broke Nikola Mirotic's uh, face when they were in Chicago together. You know, this is a person who was uh, very maligned, you know, early on in his career and then came into a system, came into a city that really embraced him and was able to get the best out of him. And I think he appreciates that about Milwaukee. And I think if Milwaukee can, you know, put the money in front of him, he's not just one of those people that I think you had said before that, oh, yeah, it was great having him for all those years. Well, it wasn't really all those years. It, it was it was two but I think if we have the chance to to go after him and be able to take him, I think he is going to be a key piece of these uh, of these teams for years to come. Mm-hmm. He's proved he's proved he's solid. Like he he disappears once in a while, just like Brooke does, because he's not one of the top three, and that that's what happens. But you you you're a season ticket holder. He's he he can be an exciting player. I think, he, and like you said, I think he is younger than Giannis. And he came, yeah, his Chicago days were rough at best, you know. And I, I think if they smooth him out a little bit, which he is getting, he's already smoothed out. But, I mean, he's loved in Milwaukee. He's got a place. He's got a home. I hope they bring him back because um, and, and, he's definitely, especially with Brooke. I mean, Brooke's, got, Brooke's on limited time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big dude. I, I don't see him going after an extension for him. It, we're, we're paying him almost 14 next year. Uh, and that's we're in the last year of his contract. Unless he restructures, I don't. We're not going to be putting more money into him for twenty three, twenty four. I mean, they paid fourteen million dollars this year for him to play what four regular season games, five regular season games. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's it's a ticking time bomb with a big dude like that. So yeah, he, he was on the Kawhi uh, Kawhi Leonard plan uh, this year. He, <laughs> he, he, he he came and he, he made a splash, and then he went into load management until uh, almost the playoffs. Right. Here's okay. So here's a couple guys that I, I I'm just I, I went down the list to guys in the like two million dollar range for this year. Victor Oladipo and Otto Porter are going to be guys who are unrestricted free agents. I mean, they've got obviously other things coming up there. Um, what was the other one that I thought was interesting? Malik Monk has another interesting name. But of course, knowing the Bucks and that the Bucks have a thing for names, um, I think that uh, Sviatoslav. Uh, Mikhailuk is obviously somebody they're going to have to look at as a as a shooting guard with the Raptors, just on name alone because they do love they do love their names. They have a type. <laughs> well, and I, I thought you were thinking former big name. So when you said that they had to think about names, I was like, oh, who who's this washed up uh, former uh, former All Star going to be? But uh, you, no. you know, Oladipo. Uh, I think he proved that he's. Probably not going to be on a minimum next year. Uh, no. Auto Porter's accepted a role. He's done with, well uh, with Golden State. Yeah, Dragic, well, Goran Dragic is out there unrestricted. <laughs> there you go. Which, which remember, that's who uh, the Nets cut. Uh, remember who the Nets cut was uh, Javon Carter, yeah. uh, in order, yeah. so that they could make room for Goran Dragic and 
that worked out well for the Bucks for the first game of the Eastern Conference <laughs> semifinals. Isaiah Thomas, look at that. There's a good name. Greg what, Monroe? he came back? Yep. Oh, that is a, a junior. That's right. Okay, we're talking about Gary Payton earlier, and he yep. went into Isaiah Thomas. I got confused there for a second. Payton Jr., also a free agent this year. So, yeah. Thomas Sadaransky. I love this, too. This is not like the NFL. I'm looking at mock drafts for the Bucks. Then it's just just pain. You know, like at 24, you're like, all right, what do we got? Yep, Jake Laravia. And they're like, hey, what are some comps for him? Well, Matt Harpering and Linus Klesla. And you're like, Klesla. And it's like, nope, nope, don't like this. <laughs> but that's kind of the draft isn't where you, you win in the NBA unless you have early picks or you strike weird. Like you find that one guy who should not have been, you know, you get Steph Curry, you get Giannis, which is really what Golden State did with two Milwaukee players, uh, with Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole, who are both late round, uh, first round selections. But before you get cut off here, you mind if I throw something out to you, um, Wisconsin sports fans, who are we pulling uh, for based on just Wisconsin alone in, in these finals? The two Milwaukee kids on Golden State, or uh, Hauser out of point, and uh, the team that knocked the Bucks out. Uh, who are you guys pulling for strictly as a Wisconsin sports fan? Well, I'm from Point, so I like seeing Hauser. Uh, that always feels good. Although he should have, when he left Marquette, gone to Wisconsin. But, you know, <laughs> he figured that one wrong. But I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Golden State because I like their system. I like Steph Curry. I'm also a big fan of Tom Brady, so this shouldn't be a, uh, a surprise <laughs> to anybody. Uh, but no, I like I like Golden State. I like their the way they've done things and the, the way that uh, Andrew uh, Andrew Wiggins is on a redemption tour, and uh, I I think uh, I think it's fun because they took two years off where they regrouped. Re- and and that's the thing. Everyone's like, well, they just they they just gave up for two years. No, they regrouped. They had to get their stuff back together. They were expended. They were. I mean, it's a very military thing. Like you, you take that, you take that, you take that team off the line. You let them regroup for a couple of years, and then out of nowhere, here we go again. It's the same thing. I'm, I'm pulling for Golden State. I think they're fun. I yeah, really I like. I, I like. The, I like their bit. I do like so. Golden State though. Um, here's as, the, as, as a Wisconsin right. fan, I'm going Milwaukee Hamilton, Kevon Looney, Milwaukee King, Jordan Poole, and yeah. uh, the Redemption Tour, as as you mentioned, for a, a whole Golden State in seven. I still do hope that, but if we're saying just Wisconsin ties, I'm going with a pointer, you know. Okay. <laughs> then go to UWSP, but Stevens Point guy. Um, and I got, I, I, I got one, I got one question too, John. Okay. Uh, and it's a question about it hubris. Quick, so I can get Josh's question in here quick too. Okay, well, we'll do it here. We'll get it done. I want to talk about hubris. Who's he? And I want to, I, I want a oh, hubris. Yeah, who's yeah, that yeah. dude? <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Hubris, the guy I went to high school with. Okay. The, the Giannis mural that they intentionally finished before the before the finals okay. in downtown Milwaukee. I think it's on what Washington Street, right across from that that giant Giannis mural that they finished okay, yeah. right across from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that hubris to do that? It's marketing. He, I mean, he, I mean, it's it's a little bit of hubris, like. We're we're expecting to be in the finals, so we're going to make sure that this mural is done before the finals come back to Milwaukee, and ESPN is going to be broadcasting it, and it's going to be the live shot every time they come back from commercials. It, it should be a, there anyway. It, it should be there anyway. It should be, but it, I think it's, it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit of hubris that they did it just before they started to make sure that it was done during the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I I think that was a little bit. Of, I, I, it seems like bad karma. Like. I don't know. I, I believe in that kind of stuff. So, like, I don't know. Anybody? Anybody? No? No. Right. Uh, that's a dead end. Okay. Damn All it. Right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to quickly call this and say that we're going to do the last couple things before everyone else kind of gets cut off here. We'll we'll do this quick question on the other side of this, and then I'll finish up with a couple little quick notes to, to finish the show. We'll wrap that up in what we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. And the question that Josh had here for our last call was, um, he's, he's been playing Madden, which is sad. And he's we only do that because there's no NCAA football right now. Uh, we're still waiting for EA Sports to get that fixed. 
um, maybe next year. But he was trying to work with a team and just try to, you know, rebuild them. But he kind of had this idea. He's like, if I finish with a tie in every single game, am I going to be ranked higher in the standings than guys, all the teams that are, you know, like six and 11? And I think yes. the answer is yes, right? Like they're each a yes. half win, essentially, right? Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's one hundred percent right. And then in the NFL, that's essentially one of the well, going something and a tie is the only way to be five hundred right now because it's an odd number of games, right? So mm-hmm. if he just goes, oh oh and seventeen, <laughs> I just love yeah. this. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's exactly right because it has to count as somewhere in there, and it's like a half. So that's just funny. I'm gonna make him do it and see if he can get to the playoffs that way because it'd be amazing. But. No, it's, it's it's 100% right, and I, I, I 100% believe that the NFL should go back to ties. We, it, with with, well, the, with ties. the overtime, with the overtime during the regular season, the overtime BS that happens in the NFL, just go back to ties. They're so worried about players getting hurt. Just go back to ties. You have a tie. You mean no overtime? The game, you go back to a tie. I, I would have him play it as the Washington Commanders and see if that actually works in the <laughs> NFC East. I, I, think, I think that's where, where that fits in. That nice. would fit in pretty well, nice. yeah. Well played. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about the Madden is like I'm always going to want to play as the Packers. Like in NCAA, you can pick a whole bunch of random everywhere teams, and I don't have to worry about playing Wisconsin because I just won't schedule them. Uh, in the NCAA or playing Madden, you, you you're going to be one of these teams, and then if I play the Packers, I'm going to be like, I don't want to beat this team. I don't want to <laughs> beat this team. I just won't. I don't know. It's just well, well, stranger. well let's go through all, all the NCAA other is just sports. a better game. The the biggest sport on the planet is soccer, and they play to ties. You know, and that's oh, no big yeah. deal. Like it, it just goes into your record. Yeah, they don't the care. NHL, that the NHL tries ever. to get through overtime as fast as humanly possible. They go three on three, and then they do a shootout. Regular so, season, yeah, no, yeah. During the regular season, during the during the playoffs, they just keep you playing play until somebody wins or right? dies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you go and so guy. I mean, NBA NBA doesn't have any kind of weird rules. You just play until you win, right? And so yeah. it's 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 a very easy. You know, I, I think the NFL should just go to ties. Like, just during the regular season, just tie. <laughs> Who cares? Like, they sit there and talk about, well, we need player safety so it's over as soon as humanly possible. Then just tie. Then just have it done after 60 minutes. That's all. So, all right. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to just wrap up with a couple little things here, and uh, we might have everybody else ducking out as we go here. But, I wanted to go over this. Just a couple things because we had some D3 teams that were still involved in sports at the end of the season here. Um, the UWSP baseball team actually made it to essentially the final four. So there's uh, eight teams that make it in. They get into a double elimination tournament and two brackets leading to the championship round. The pointers were in the bracket with number one seed Marietta. Uh, they lost to the four seed in the first round, then beat uh, the, the four seed Salisbury. Then they beat the the six seed Catholic. Pardon me, the eighth seed Catholic. Then they beat Marietta, the number one seed. They beat them six to four, and then they had to play Salisbury again. Salisbury beats them twice. Salisbury goes on and then loses twice in a row to Eastern uh, Connecticut State in the championship round. So Eastern Connecticut State, the national champion for baseball, they they didn't get to play the pointers. Pointers knocked off by the one team. Uh, they were playing in the finals there, though. Uh, in women's side, the um, uh, UW Zero, uh, or pardon me, UW Oshkosh <laughs> Titans got into it as the eighth seed. They played uh, number one seed DePau uh, in the first round. They lose two to one, fight their way back, beating Tufts seven to one, and then lost to Birmingham Southern uh, in the well in the double elimination. Southern then lost to Texas Lutheran. Uh, and Texas Lutheran went on to lose two in a row to Virginia Wesleyan uh, to give Virginia Wesleyan the national championship in women's D3 softball. So that's the the news we have in terms of Wisconsin sports and all of the uh, all of the things that we can get through here. Maybe we'll find if there's some more track and field stuff we can give you next week. But on behalf of Aaron and Pete and myself, of course, we'd love to thank you for having another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports talk. Uh, we'll be back at you next week again to bring you more information. Um, this is our requiem to a brewer or to a buck season. We've got brewers left at this point and uh, not a ton else. But thank you again for joining us this week. 
week. And uh, remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it's always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.